0: Hello and welcome to the Luxembourg History Podcast. My name's Tom Tutton and I'm your host for our first series. Today we're concluding our mini-series on Luxembourg and the Second World War. We'll look at how Luxembourg was liberated, zoom in on the events of Liberation Day in the outskirts of the capital, and hear how parts of Luxembourg were reoccupied by the Nazis during the bloody Battle of the Bulge. We hope you'll enjoy the podcast. The liberation of Luxembourg would occur on September 10, 1944, but it was extremely long in the making. With the success of the German advance in 1940, using the novel blitzkrieg tactics of advancing quickly with tanks, the British army was pushed out of continental Europe, escaping with its tail between its legs at Dunkirk. The fall of France was confirmed on June 22nd, with the signing of the armistice in the same exact location where the Germans had been forced to sign the armistice of November 1918. Luxembourg was condemned to Nazi occupation under the reign of terror of Gauleiter Gustav Simon, as we examined last week. Meanwhile, the Nazis' fear of dominance only increased, and although the aerial Battle of Britain saved the British Isles from invasion in the autumn of 1940, Germany expanded into Eastern Europe in 1941, invading Greece and Yugoslavia and gaining Italy, Hungary, Romania and Bulgaria as allies. In 1941, the war expanded into North Africa and conflict continued to rage in the Far East between Japan and China but two events in 1941 would turn the tide of the war and offer a glimmer of light for the occupied Luxembourgish population. On June 22, 1941, Germany launched Operation Barbarossa, its invasion of the Soviet Union, bringing the USSR into the war on the side of the Allies. And on December 7th, the Japanese launched their attack on the US naval base at Pearl Harbour, resulting in the American declaration of war on both Japan and Germany. Throughout 1942 and 1943, The Germans and Soviets fought themselves to a standstill on a massive front from Leningrad in the north to Stalingrad in the south, while the Germans carried out the Holocaust, killing an estimated 1,200 Luxembourgish Jews in the process. By the end of 1943, the British and Americans had reversed the tide in North Africa and invaded Italy, while the Soviets had started to push the Germans back towards the Baltic and Central Europe. On June 6, 1944, otherwise known as D-Day, the Allied invasion of Normandy was launched. News of the Allied invasion was a sensation in Luxembourg, where it was received as the beginning of the end of the Nazi occupation. The Allied advance through Normandy was actually quite slow, with the city of Caen only falling in mid-July. But after a decisive Allied victory at the Battle of the Falaise Pocket in mid-August, the Germans were forced to retreat almost all the way back to Germany, behind the Siegfried line of fortifications. A number of Luxembourgish troops actually fought with the Allied armies as part of the 1st Belgian Infantry Brigade, which saw action in the Battle of Normandy and was involved in the liberation of Brussels. Paris was liberated on August 25th and the Allied troops continued to race east, believing it possible for the war to be over by Christmas. And with the liberation of Luxembourg expected to be imminent, the Nazi administration in Luxembourg continued to be extremely cruel. As late as July 1944, Eight resistance members were deemed traitors of the people and were sentenced to death by a special court, while deportations of Luxembourgers to the east and conscription of young Luxemburgers into the Wehrmacht continued throughout the summer of 1944. By August 28, however, the German administration had lost its nerve. On that day, with news of Allied forces nearing Luxembourg, Gauleiter Simon gave the order for all German civil administrators to leave Luxembourg and withdraw into the Moselland, the administrative province covering the Rhineland. The majority of German administrators, along with an estimated 3,500 Luxembourgish collaborators, left on the night of August 31st, travelling by train into the Moselland. Higher-ups in the Nazi regime, however, were not thrilled with this premature evacuation. Ernst Kaltenbrunner, chief of the Reich main security office, sent a telegram to his boss Heinrich Himmler, describing Simon's evacuation measures as rushed and irresponsible, forcing the head of civil administration to return to Luxembourg in early September. And when he returned, he brought violence. Nine opponents of the Nazi regime who had unmasked themselves with premature celebrations in Dudelange on the night of September 2nd were then shot by the regime. Meanwhile, the troops of the American 5th Armoured Division were racing towards Luxembourg. They passed through Paris on August 30th, heading through the Compiègne Forest where the Armistice of 1940 had been signed, towards Belgium. They crossed the Oise, Esne and Somme rivers, reaching the Belgian border on September 2nd. The 5th Division then turned east, racing past Sedan to arrive on the Luxembourgish border and enter Pétange on September 9th. Here, they were joined by Prince Felix of bourbon Palmer, the husband of Grand Duchess Charlotte of Luxembourg, and their son, the hereditary Grand Duke Jean. The Americans faced little resistance at first, but some German troops still managed to cause casualties, and the first Allied casualty on Luxembourgish soil was young Lieutenant Heyman Josephson. The troops proceeded towards Bertrange via Dipache but had to fall back for the night near Greville's castle, which was destroyed in the process. On September 10th, the Americans then entered Luxembourg City. Prince Felix, together with General Lunsford E. Oliver, came out on the balcony of the Cercle Cité on Place d'Armes to wave to the overjoyed Luxembourgers, who were thrilled to see their monarch's consort with the troops that had liberated them. Hereditary Grand Duke Jean joined his father that afternoon, going to Luxembourg City Hall on Place Guillaume II. The first edition of the Luxembourger Vort to be published after Liberation on September 11th recounted the events of the day joyously, describing a storm of enthusiasm which greeted Prince Jean as his father held the Luxembourgish flag and the people sang national songs. The Vort wrote that the entire Luxembourg people, especially the Luxembourgish youth, knows that Prince Jean is the guarantor of the people's future. But the events of Liberation Day were no walk in the park for the American troops. Eyewitness accounts from the area between Heisdorf and Blachette, just north of Luxembourg City, revealed just how easily death could come to the US troops. On the afternoon of September 10th, a handful of retreating German soldiers demanded that the owner of the farm at Asselscheuerhof, near Blachette, give them some of his horses. When the farmer refused, a scuffle broke out, and the Germans promised to return with more men to force him to comply. But shortly after this, American soldiers arrived in jeeps and tanks at the farm. One of them entered the house and asked the farmer for a couple of eggs, while one of his colleagues tried to pour some kind of liquid, believed to be petrol, into a cooker. All of a sudden, a deafening bang was heard. The cooker had somehow exploded and the American soldier was flung through the air, succumbing to his injuries on the spot. The explosion set off one of the American machine guns and the noise alerted the German soldiers still stationed in Blachette that US troops had arrived in the area. A sniper approached the farm and managed to kill another American soldier from his hiding spot in a nearby forest. And thus, at just a tiny farm in a rural area of the Grand Duchy, two American soldiers had died needlessly in the space of 15 minutes. In the grand scale of things though, the liberation of Luxembourg was actually quite peaceful. The rest of the Grand Duchy was liberated on September 11th and 12th, with the Germans retreating behind the Moselle, Schur and Auer rivers. On the 12th, Sergeant Warner Holtzinger became the first American to set foot on German soil in World War II, when he undertook a patrol across the Auer from Stolzenberg in northern Luxembourg. Allied troops spent the next few months unsuccessfully trying to break the Siegfried Line, also known as the West Wall in Germany, with large battles at Aachen and Metz causing tens of thousands of casualties. The Grand Duchy, though, became known as a paradise for weary American troops, as the front was basically quiet along the German border of Luxembourg between September and December. Over the coming months, Luxembourg tried to return to normal, removing German street signs, repairing bridges and setting up courts to try collaborators. In November, though, the main battle of the Luxembourgish resistance was fought at Vianden in northeastern Luxembourg on the border with Germany. The town had been evacuated by the Germans in September, but was considered too dangerous to station American troops due to its proximity to the Siegfried Line. All civilians were also evacuated, but a Luxembourgish militia sprang up to occupy observation posts, including the famous ruined Vianden Castle. The militia totaled around 30 men and was led by Victor Abens. On November 15th, they spotted a German patrol across the river and attacked it, killing five Germans without suffering any casualties. This infuriated the Germans, who decided to attack the castle with a force of 250 soldiers from the Waffen-SS. Facing almost impossible odds of around 8 to 1, the Luxembourgish militia somehow managed to comprehensively defeat the Nazi force, killing 23 and losing only one militiaman before the Germans returned over the river. Apart from this incident, however, there was very little to report on the front line between September and December in Luxembourg. Just as the conflict seemed to be coming to an end, though, the Nazis returned in force. On December 16, 1944, Hitler launched the Ardennes counter-offensive, his final offensive campaign on the Western Front during World War II. It aimed to split the Allied forces in two by driving towards the port of Antwerp, encircling Allied armies in the Netherlands in the hope of negotiating a peace treaty that would allow Germany to concentrate on its eastern front, and the north of Luxembourg lay directly in the path of their campaign that would come to be known as the Battle of the Bulge. Allied forces, preoccupied with their own offensive plans, were taken completely by surprise by the German attack, as the Wehrmacht took advantage of the foggy and snowy weather to neutralise the Allied aerial advantage. On the morning of December 16th, towns in the north of Luxembourg faced heavy bombardment, from Eschtenach to Vionden as the newly formed German 7th Army attacked at full tilt. A vicious battle was fought at the castle of Clairvaux, now home to Edward Steichen's Family of Man exhibition, where American troops were eventually forced to surrender on December 18th. Luxembourgish civilians were forced to flee to the south in great numbers, along with the Americans, an estimated 6,000 of them making it across the Sur from Die Kirche. By December 19th, German soldiers had fully taken Wilts in northwestern Luxembourg, just down the road from Bastogne in Belgium. During the siege of Bastogne, the German advance would be stopped by the heroic actions of the American 101st Airborne Division, whose efforts were commemorated in the famous book and television series Band of Brothers. In horrific winter conditions, the paratroopers managed to resist the German attack for seven days until they were relieved by General Patton's Third Army. But northern Luxembourg remained in German hands. As Peter Shrivers has recounted in his book The Unknown Dead, about civilian casualties during the Battle of the Bulge, the return of the Germans meant the return of the Gestapo. In Clairvaux, a commando of Einsatzgruppe L, under an SS officer who had made a name for himself during the Warsaw Ghetto Rising, settled down to reinstall a regime of terror as early as December 19th. In nearby Trois-Vierges, a dozen men were brought in for interrogation by the Gestapo, of whom seven were deported to Germany, where three of them would die. In total, around 120 Luxembourgers were arrested and 39 executed as part of the reimposition of Nazi rule in the Grand Duchy. But the Americans were soon to return. In mid-December, General Patton's 3rd Army was rushed to the capital, where his troops set about recapturing Luxembourg and relieving the besieged of Bastogne. By the 27th of December, American troops had reached the Sur, but it would take the whole of January and into February to liberate the whole of the Grand Duchy once more. The last town in German hands was Vianden, which finally fell to the Americans on February 12th. The Battle of the Bulge would cost the Americans 20,000 lives, and the American sacrifice during the battle can be seen at the American Cemetery in Ham in Luxembourg, where General Patton is buried. In Luxembourg itself, around 500 civilians died due to the heavy shelling and accidents, while thousands more were wounded. Over 2,000 homes were destroyed completely, with another 1,400 seriously damaged, while mines remained a serious problem in the area in the following months. With the end of the Battle of the Bulge, the Second World War in Luxembourg finally came to an end. Grand Duchess Charlotte returned to the country in April to much fanfare, but it would take years for the people to recover from the effects of a horrendous occupation. That's all we've got for today. Thank you for listening, and I hope you'll join us for the next episode of the Luxembourg History Podcast. This episode was based on articles by Gary Erang and Natalie Lodi. Script adaptation and hosting by Thomas Tutton, produced by Martin Johnson, and brought to you by RTL Today.